0: are back. Tim. Yeah, hello, everyone. Tim is in for Mark, a.k.a. Loverboy. Anybody <laughs> wants to go onto the Facebook page, tag Mark on anything, and just put hashtag Loverboy. Uh, yeah, go to the right place. Yeah. <laughs> Mark is in Paris, once again, for those who are keeping up with Mark's uh, romantic escapades. Um, having a good time. He texted me the other day. He was at FNAC. Oh. Uh, for people who don't know, FNAC, uh, F-N-A-C all lowercase is a uh... a a chain of stores in france that is uh... the coolest place to hang out it's uh... it's kind of more eighties deco than anything else now it's kind of dated but uh, Fnac has you know CDs and movies and books and so comic like, books was it and like a like it, a wacko
1: you know or what wacko it's like in Westwood used to be in Westwood no
0: Westwood, Fnac like is Fnac is like uh, is like a camera store crossed with uh, a Best Buy crossed with uh, a Virgin Megastore crossed with a uh, Barnes and Noble interesting it's just it's just it's a cool place I used to hang out there for hours anyway he uh, Mark was was there looking for French Blu-rays and uh, he. He was. Uh, he texted. He he texted me uh, the picture of it. It's the one near the uh, the Montmartre uh, train station. And uh, he he was he was confused as to what would or would not play and what region. Oh, the region and, code thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the region code because it's A and B. It's not one and two and three. It's you know when you get to Blu-ray, it's letters. And uh, it's it's a little weird because that, most of the things are B, but they will play in A if it says all region. Mm. But there's also like. It's strange because we're in region A, which is all of North and South America, and I think Japan and Hong Kong. But then I think it's only um, one. There's one country in South America that's actually region B, and I think it's. Probably the Venezuelans. I think it's. No, I think it's Dutch Guiana. Oh. I think it's Dutch Guiana that, that is. For some strange, weird, anyway, being all Euro, yeah, but 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 most (laughs) but most of the French stuff tends to be um, uh, region A and B compatible because they have you know Martinique and Guadeloupe and Mm -hmm. and Quebec, and so there are a lot of you know a lot of French areas here.
1: Whenever it was that we started moving from an analog world into the digital world, particularly in broadcast television, remember when we went from uh, NTSC and all that stuff here to digital? You would have thought that that that, that would have... I I know it has to do with currents and things like that, but you would have thought that it would have brought everything into a sort of worldwide uh, uniformity, being that it was all just digital
0: anyway. It'll have to be eventually because... uh... Uh, Netflix and Amazon are just tearing that all apart. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, They're tearing it apart. I yeah. mean, anything, you know, a, a new show here is a new show in Japan is a new show in Russia. You, you, you know, we, we talked about this, I think, uh, maybe a couple of months ago. But what's really interesting, most people, they, when they binge watch things like, you know, Daredevil or Luke Cage or, or Iron Fist or whatever, uh, they don't, they, they you don't see the rest of the credits because it starts the next episode as soon as it ends. I would urge people stop just run. Don't don't just like it's going to start in 5 seconds. No, hold on just flip that sucker back and watch the episode all the way through to the end. And mm-hmm. you will see at the end of the credits there will they will flash the the credits the the principal credits in Chinese, mm-hmm. in Spanish, in Japanese, in Italian, in German, in French. It's kind of weird, and Turkish, in Turkish too. It's very, very sort of
1: interesting. Because the reason why I didn't think that that would work is because I always just assumed that each of these episodes would have been very different, you know, edited differently for each one of these reasons. It never occurred to me that the show that I'm watching here... It's more or less the same as the show that they got in Turkey.
0: Netflix, Netflix, uh, their whole strategy now is they, they, you know, it's funny because Alonzo, our, our colleague Alonzo, who often does uh, our our uh, Christmas expert, laugh, colleague and Christmas expert on our Christmas show. So Alonzo was complaining today on Facebook that that Netflix dropped too much stuff today. You know, this Five came back and the Discovery, and there's like a whole bunch of things that Netflix dropped today. And it's like, and and I and I said to him, I said, you know. Um, that's because Netflix doesn't want you to catch up. Yeah. They want to bury you in their ecosystem so you never leave. So there's so much stuff on Netflix that you have not seen. Then why would you ever bother going to the CW or to NBC or anything else? It's the point of having that queue. You can yeah. put everything you've ever wanted to
1: watch That's somewhere it. in that Netflix ecosystem yeah. on that queue. You know you got got that queue, you go. and you know that there's something else on that
0: and, queue. And that said, uh, uh, Filmstruck is, uh, is slaying me as well. I, I was telling you earlier, Tim and I saw a, a screening this morning. And uh, last night I was up till three in the morning because I was I was doing some work and then uh, just putzing around uh, film struck and I thought well let's see if there's any you know they have little extras on there like there's you know Woody Allen on Ingmar Bergman it's seven minutes long mm. yeah it's nice it's easy you know I don't have to sit there for two I'm not committed to ninety minutes or two hours and and and, and you know damn it son of a bitch I. turn on filmstruck and you know at at, at one in the morning at midnight am I really in the mood to watch you know Ingmar Bergman no am I in the mood for neorealism no am I in the mood for uh, you know uh, Jean-Pierre Melville no Am I in the mood for Muriel's Wedding? You better believe it. So there I was at uh, three o'clock in the morning watching uh, Muriel's Wedding, which is now on uh, FilmStruck, and that that movie just slays me. It's so funny. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was my. I think that was my first experience with her as an
0: actor. It was. That was her her big debut. She'd done like yeah. a couple of shorts prior to that, something
1: like but... something you know, Aussie New Zealand. Type she was type, twenty one. Type things, yeah. She was yeah, 21. Yeah, yeah. Tony
0: twenty one. Tony Collette. Collette. Yeah. yeah, and Rachel Griffiths was uh, like twenty four or twenty five. You know, that was one of one of her first things. I mean, they both came of age on that show, yeah. In that movie,
1: yeah. I mean, so such an insanely funny movie, but so bittersweet.
0: Oh, it's so it's It's just and the you know the the thing that still gets me with Muriel's Wedding are the looks. So much of that movie takes place in the eyes. Yeah, Uh, the eyes. You know, the looks from the other girls. The uh, the the scene where she's uh, where there, where she's you know uh, agreeing to marry that south african swimmer who needs to switch who needs to switch uh, nationalities because you know he wants to enter the olympics and the you know apartheid and all that and the more she talks and makes goo-goo eyes at him the more horrified he absolutely looks this bronze god this god of the swimming pool and this look of sheer terror on his face as to what he's about to get into it's just it's all in the eyes. Uh, it's beautiful. You know what it's I meant beautiful. to ask you about,
1: though? I know we have to start the
0: show eventually.
1: But, yes. Uh, so the, um, the, the theatrical exhibitors, uh, of course, are being uh, worked over this week by yeah. the, uh, by the, by the uh, uh, studios. Yes. Uh, and one of the central issues is, look, um, you know, the studios, we, yeah. we need to be able to get these movies faster to people yeah. in their homes. We need to close that window. Yep. And the exhibitors are not having it. No. Unless they are. What do you think? Um... I think unless they are, whether they want to or not, is so it's, it's my real question.
0: I, I, you know, uh, there are there are sort of two answers. To, well, there are more than two answers to this, but there are, there are two things that I think we we have to consider right now. First, is that this model, the only way that they can make it work is by promising the exhibitors a piece of the pie, the piece of the overall pie. They're asking so, for close to thirty, or they're offering like twenty or something. Yeah. Like that. So so you know, it's it's a little weird that they don't like. Right now, they don't like the split. They keep trying to bury exhibitors on the split. You know, opening weekend split. We're gonna, uh, you know, we're now we're taking 80 and you're gonna get 20 or 90 10 or whatever it is. And by the time it slides down to 50 50, nobody's in the theater anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's why exhibitors are getting squeezed. So they don't like that split. But what they are gonna do is they're gonna give them a larger percentage of box. They're gonna give them a percentage of box office to begin with that they never would have had before, and DVD and Blu-ray and streaming. And we're gonna kind of cut them in on the whole. Thing just the entire to, the entire lifeline. You're, you're, I mean, it's kind of like a gangster sort of, you know, buying somebody's silence or cooperation or the guy on it. You know, there, there's something very um, r- r- kind of racketeering about it. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it has to go in that direction in a way. But here's the other thing. Everyone's going to experiment with this. Some movies really should never be in theaters. Some movies should just go straight to Netflix Yeah. or Amazon. They should just go straight streaming. They shouldn't take up space in theaters. Theaters should be a major experience. And the other thing is, the more that my living room has become a theater, the more that theaters have become like my living room, I think we're going to move back to movie palaces and movies that are worthy of palaces. Thus because the reclining seats and yeah, the uh, cocktails can, and all that business. I can turn my my living room into a theater, but I can't turn my living room into a palace. Mm. That theater that's turning into my living room, I can take that theater and turn that into a palace. Mm. I can make that place really amazing. I can, you know, we can start to build a place where 1,100 people will gather and will go nuts for something incredible, and they'd be willing to stand in line for it. But you got to make that movie. And that's what they're not doing right now. They're not making those movies. So, well, they thought that they, they... I think they're going to experiment were, with it. You know, they, they thought
1: that those movies were... In, anything in IMAX 3D, Yeah, they assumed, was yeah. one of those movies. I, I, I see IMAX is diminishing... Mm-hmm. Again, not so much IMAX, but 3D. Yeah, IMAX is IMAX. Yeah, 3D. You know that gimmick has come around for what is it the fourth time now? Is this the fourth? This the fourth generation of uh, of 3D. Yeah, and I see that going away. 3D TVs didn't make it. Nope. Uh, I got two buddies who bought those goofy things, and yeah, whatever. Um, so 3D is not going to do it. IMAX really is not going to do it either. No. If you if 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 you ask me, um, I think that we've, we've got it's about, about another three super you know three or four iterations of superhero
0: stuff to fill. Yeah. And then after that, what? man? I think I it's it's gonna I, I'm gonna make a prediction, and I'm almost always wrong with my predictions. But I think this is gonna take about I think this is gonna take about you know, the better part of 10 years to shake out. I think it's going to take about 10 years for us to sort of see what consumers want. And what, in the theater, in as the opposed too. And, and I think it's going to take about 10 years for Amazon and Netflix and whatever other companies, be it, you know, Google or Apple or whoever else decides to kind of, you know, come in and throw their, their weight around. I think it'll take about that long for that to all sort of shake out and for us to sort of see who's going to go to see what, who wants to see what, how. Are we going to have, you know, teenagers watching movies on their phones and... 30-somethings watching them at home and 50-somethings going to the theater or is it going to be flipped? You know, but it's all going to still exist. It's just going to be... It'll all still exist. Who's going to see what movie where? Where,
1: exactly. That's That's the sentence I was
0: trying to get out and and whether
1: or not the economies of scale in each place will support that movie existing in that place. Yes. Your buck 95 movie may never, ever really be able to support an actual legitimate theatrical uh, distribution. Yeah. Um... Uh, you have to have enough moviegoers go- to go see a, you know, 150 million dollar yep. movie to support a theatrical yep. distribution. You have absolutely. to absolutely, but that means you got to start picking movies that people are willing, uh, you know, to pay 17, 18. I imagine in 10 years, 20, 25 bucks to go see. Once you're paying 25 bucks a ticket, you, look, dude, somebody's gonna have to sing a song, do a little dance. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna need, true. Some, I'm gonna need all kinds of stuff to happen before I go home three hours from now. Anyway, I'm done. Off my so high
0: well. I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna start off. Mark's uh, Mark's not here, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna dig into some anime. And uh, Tim, I'm gonna give you a break for a few minutes to uh, to catch up on a few things. Uh, and I'm going to uh, tout some really really cool anime this week. Uh, it's just amazing. This is the golden age of anime on on DVD and Blu-ray because this stuff is not easy to see uh, any other way. 52 episodes of Kimba the White Lion. On, uh, on DVD, uh, 10 discs. This, if you don't know Kimba the White Lion, you really, really seriously need to. In the in the history of anime, you know, there's sort of Astro Boy and Speed Racer and and Kimba. And I, I don't know if there's really anything else. Um, but this was one of the very, very first uh, anime shows that actually took root in the U.S. for obvious reasons. Because, you know, it's a white lion. How do, you, how do you... Come on. Look at that cute little guy. It's ridiculous. Insanely cute. Kimba is just one of the cutest creatures ever frankly, looks a little bit more like, a, like some kind of an Australian... Uh, like a teddy bear or
1: something. Yeah, or a
0: cat. Doesn't, Kimba doesn't look like a lion. She doesn't but, have any teeth. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so. it, it, it's just too funny. But anyway, uh, tons of other great animals here. You know, there's a parrot, and there's a baboon, and it, it, it's just very, very charming and very, very sweet. Uh, and what's also interesting about this is that you can sort of see some ideas here that bled into The Lion King. Oh, really? very obviously and very directly which I had completely forgotten about there is lots here that clearly inspired Disney's The Lion King um, and Kimba's really really great and the animation holds up and it's fun and I, I don't think you can go wrong with that at all um we, uh, there's a film that was uh, pushed to us as well during awards season, which I think is really sharp. Did you watch Miss uh, Hosokai? Oh, yeah. It was good. Yes, it was very it good. It was really good. I mean, there was a lot of great anime. I was going to
1: say, that, you know, tough for it. There was so much great anime I mean, last year. Was, I mean, the, 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 Red, the Turtle. Red Turtle and then... Yeah, uh, even the American film. I mean, I like Kubo and the Two Strings and Zootopia. And, my Name and, you know, you know, my was my the name, one that everyone loved, yeah, really I'm loved sure in our group. Uh, zoo, uh, uh, my, uh, zucchini. My life is a zucchini. Yeah. This another,
0: uh, so, uh, Miss Hosukai is really, really great. This is uh, from the same people that did Ghost in the Shell, which is now out in a live-action version yeah. with mm-hmm. uh, Charlotte Scarlett Johansson. which Controversial. Everyone is.
1: controversial.
0: Yeah, because she's not Asian. But uh, anyway, it's funny because today when I heard people talking about it, they were more upset because she's sort of
1: like fake naked through most of the movie, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and I'm like, that—that's the thing
0: you're. Oh, never mind. All right. Well, anyway. Um, so uh, the um, this is a this takes place in feudal Japan. The artwork is very much designed to emulate a lot of that the painting, that really gentle uh, artwork for, that we associate with feudal Japan. That you know is all, always when you whenever you go into like a very very old Japanese restaurant or something, you see it on the walls. It's beautiful. It's very fluid, very poetic. So that's that's what this animation is designed to emulate, and uh, it is really really beautiful. It is extremely uh, delicate and very, very carefully put together. And uh, it's essentially the story, you know, accordingly, it's the story of an artist and, and the desire to be a great artist and to, you know, do great art. And what does that mean? And uh, going into, you know, the, uh, the big city, which at the time is, is Edo, which predates Tokyo. It's where Tokyo would eventually be established. And, um, you know, what you have to do, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a wonderful story. It's really, really great. Miss Hosukai, first rate all the way. And then we've also got uh, "The Betrayal Knows My Name," the complete series, which is, uh, you know, a uh, it's it, this gets into that um, mystical, fantasy, magic stuff that anime often does, where it really loses me. It's uh, it, you know, they all have every single one of these shows. Kind of creates their own world and their own magic and their own rules, and it, it's re- unless you're a diehard fan and you've really been with it from beginning and all the way to the end, uh, it's very very hard to get a grip on. Uh, this one kind of didn't really really work for me, um, but uh, you know I know it's popular, so I'm going to cut it a lot a lot of slack. And uh, if somebody really loves it, you know, let me know. Uh Starmu, the complete series, S T A R M Y U. Uh, this is also any uh, now. By the way, uh, betrayal knows my name is DVD only. Star Mew is Blu-ray and DVD combo set. These next, uh, this and the next one I'm going to mention both combo sets. Uh, Star Mew is, you know, it's uh, it gets into the this is of the scholastic variety, and it all it's about a guy who's a you know first year student at the this academy who want where you um, you know the, the, you you sort of learn to be well. It's I, I, don't worry about it. It's. <laughs> Seriously, it's uh, it's it's all kind of uh, college politics and college theatrics, very uniquely Japanese. No reason to really particularly worry about the the particulars of it, unless you are into the whole scholastic, especially the collegiate scholastic stuff in in Japanese anime. It's very very parochial, um, not that not terribly interesting. So uh, much more interesting is the uh, female centric scrapped princess complete series, also on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, and this is uh, this gets in this is a little bit kind of more mystical, but it's more excessively mystical. Which is about this girl named Pacifica Casul. I love that name. Mm. Uh, Pacifica Casul is um, she. It's like the inverse of the Luke Skywalker thing. The the, uh, the inverse of the uh, Joseph Campbell stuff. She is not the savior. She's the one that's going to destroy the world. So she's on she's on the run, right? Mm. Because the prophecy says you're the enemy of all mankind. And uh, it's really interesting. Um, she's referred to as the poison, and it's uh, it's really, it's kind of a... Dark. It's dark, and it's fascinating, and it's really intricate, and uh, very, very well written, and beautifully animated. Uh, then there is The World's Greatest First Love. Uh, this is on DVD only and really deserves to be. Uh, it's at, the complete title is Sekaiichi Hatsukoi. I practiced that and I still mutilated it. The World's Greatest First Love. I know we've got Japanese listeners Please be kind to me. I, I, you know, it's not my first language or my second language. No, I'm trying. You speak English and French. You can Um, back up a little Japanese. I'm trying hard, Um, but uh, again, this is more, uh, this is more of that collegiate stuff, and it, uh, you know, it's, it's soap opera. It's like semi-comedic soap opera uh, set in the Japanese collegiate and professional world. Doesn't really work for me. Hate to say. Sorry to say. Uh, Aquarian Logos, as long as we're in the, uh, whole Transformers guitar right, guitar robo, and all the rest of that stuff, uh, you know, in, in impregnable suits and giant robo, robots. Uh, Aquarian Logos is out. Uh, this is, uh, a Blu-ray DVD combo pack. And, uh, this is part two, comprises episodes 14 through 26. Um, it's, you know, one of the better ones of all that, that particular genre. Uh, it's sort of where Robotech needed to go, but didn't. That's really cool. And then we've also got, uh, let's see, Psychic School Wars. Okay, so back to the the Scholastic stuff. So um, this is the guy who did Gunslinger Girl, and it is visually just as impressive. It's just as cool in every single way. Uh, I would almost say maybe a little bit better. Uh, This is where you mix the whole cyberpunk science fiction thing, the mystical thing, with the Scholastic thing actually kind of works it's pretty fun so uh psychic school wars uh i would recommend that blu-ray dvd
1: combo pack japanese kids just must have a terrible time in school i mean i'm so glad that i didn't have to go i went to some tough inner city schools but i think they sound easy compared yeah to some what these japanese kids had to deal with you
0: know what it's it's uh life in japan is is a is a whole different deal man yeah. i mean Every there, there there was it's just every time some strange new thing happens, it starts in Japan. Some new cool invention starts in Japan. People using their phones to you know buy cars online at yeah. an auction site that happens in Japan. And there's something. What was this? What was this? The, the new thing. The the two thousand dollar melons. Have you seen this? No, this is new. These are these like gourmet melons that are that are farmed into certain shapes. Like they will build a box, and it's like a, it's like a melon that's shaped like a strawberry, a melon that's shaped like a like a like a, a pyramid, a me- <laughs> like these gourmet melons. But people pay like the equivalent of two thousand dollars for a single melon. Grown this
1: way, not carved this
0: no, way. No, grown this way. Picked off the vine. Grown, it's the weirdest thing in the world. Brilliant. And uh, I, I know. I mean, you know what a what a way to make a buck. I'd, I'd become a melon farmer in a heartbeat. Can you imagine? Good grief! I can't imagine somebody buying a two thousand dollar melon. So I would just, see these things would miss me because I know I, I don't have that sort of an imagination. I, I know.
1: I, just, I, I would call it ludicrous, and that I would know. be
0: it. I know. So, um, boy, this is a weird one. Um, Buso, Buso Shinkai, armored warrior goddess. So. Um, I don't I almost don't even know where to even go with this. Uh, by the way, T- Tim's got TV on in the in the back and I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at the Muppets and Jeffrey Tambor. I have no idea what is playing on across M- the room. M- Muppets in Space, man. Was oh, that what
1: that, you Muppets know? Is Israeli in that movie.
0: I haven't seen that in a long time, boy. Yeah, I'm glad well. to hear that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although
1: it's on in my house.
0: Anyway, uh so this is oh gosh, this is such a such a strange thing. This is about little tiny android women that are six inches high, and um, they're they're like I mean they're not really toys they're they're on they're they're androids they're six inch tall android women yeah and um, there's it, it I, and that's there you go I <laughs> I just don't know I you know it's the strangest thing. Anyway, they're they're gorgeous and they're hot and they're cool and they have, you know, the, the obligatory mechanized suits and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, the whole um Gundam thing, it's very, very Gundam inspired. But they're little tiny women. Okay. I'm sure this I'll is. I'll tell you who's not tiny. The not tiny women are the uh the, the, little, the little the little cute little floozies, the little big-eyed blonde floozies in uh uh Prisma Ilya Oh, gosh, I can never do this one. Prisma Ilya Two-Way Hers. <laughs> no, I'm, I know that's not... These titles just always kill me. But, Sometimes I think it's just a phonetic... They're it just must Just phonetically be, hacking things up. You know, uh, look, The it's a little bit of magic. It's a little bit of cute girls and uh, a, a lot of really fun animation and some kind of silly humor. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's anime. It is a thing so attack on titan is uh a a pretty terrific concept The, the the whole attack on titan thing has really um really taken off what i'm not sure about and maybe i'm wrong on this is the uh this attack on titan junior high thing that they've come up with which is extremely peculiar um uh, email us at gods at digigods.com. Let me know if you've seen this and if you have any understanding for it, any affinity for it. The thing I always like about Attack on Titan, if you follow it, you know, the Titans are this certain this this alien race and they're kind of stupid and uh, they eat people and there's a whole, whole mythology to it. Uh, but Attack on Titan uh, it, here is, they completely reimagine the whole concept I- into this, very strange little junior high thing which is common in anime but uh i don't know that this works it's it tries to be funny where it shouldn't be funny it tries to tie in with the the whole attack on titan world seems to be kind of a reconsider it's like you know mark and i make fun of this all the time it's like with the the uh uh, like baby muppets or the uh, the mm-hmm. junior teenage uh, dc uh, ti- yeah, yeah. heroes yeah. like we got to make or, or like uh, tiny, Toons, tiny right? tunes right like if that's something that's the first one yeah if if something works in an adult format let's make them all children i don't think that's a good idea
1: not necessarily no, no. no. particularly if you is is if as children versions of the adult thing they do all the same stuff
0: you know it's just like no yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all it's uh, it's not good <laughs> that's crazy uh all right, so we got some Gundam stuff here uh so the more more in the world of Gundam i'm gonna go through this real quickly because Gundam is uh Gundam is you know it's Gundam i mean the mobile suit Gundam is is one of the legendary anime franchises of all time it's spawned franchises into franchises so we have mobile suit Gundam and the dance craze don't forget the yeah. dance craze the, the da- oh, thank well that that's Gundam i know yeah <laughs> Just, I yeah uh so mobile suit gundam uh five or v however you want to say it mobile suit gundam v collection two um terrific animation really really great i'm i'm far too disconnected from this world and not uh, as fiercely attached to the the narrative uh as some people so uh, a lot of this goes right over my head so from a story standpoint i gotta kind of miss it um you know the whole uh, league militaire and and their you uh, know all this strategy and tactics stuff that goes on and and what they're fighting and why, I can't I I can't really connect to it. So I got to look at it from a purely uh, aesthetic standpoint, and the aesthetic is it's great. It's really really great. This is from Right stuff and Sunrise, and then uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Zero uh, Zero Eighty Three. Uh, It takes place in the Universal Century, and uh, if you kind of know a little bit of the mythology of Gundam, you know, this is uh, after the One Year War, and now the Earth Federation is kind of facing new challenges, and uh, uh, some interesting kind of machinations go on between the various uh, factions here. And, uh, you know, you got the Zeon Thieves, and there's a lot of really, really cool stuff here. I don't think the animation here is quite as imaginative as it is in the other one, but it's still really, really good. Uh, there are 13 episodes here, and uh, it continues to really impress me how they they continue to sort of expand the Gundam mythology. It's very impressive. And just a few more here. Um, Uh, Luck and Logic. Uh, the complete series. Luck and Logic is a. Um... Okay, so Luck and Logic is on Blu-ray and uh, DVD combo set, and this is um this is kind of the uh the 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 pantheistic polytheistic mythology of Japan, uh, imposed on kind of a cyberpunk background. It uh, takes place in the, uh, it's, it's very much like Thor, kind of, you know, in the uh, Marvel world. It's very similar, gods and gods coming down to Earth, and uh, these, you know, beasts that are known as the foreigners. Um, it, it's an interesting mythology. Uh, I, I, I would be much more impressed if it, uh, if it were a little better animated. It's kind of, it's made more for kids. It's, uh, it's all kind of scaled down. If they made this much more adult, much more kind of like 17, 18-year-old, uh, i think it would work better but anyway it's still really interesting and um you know i, I could i could see them going a, a little bit further doing some more stuff like that heavy objects season 1 part 2 uh i think we covered season 1 part 1 uh but just in case we didn't this is um uh, a complete straight up uh inter interstellar uh, intergalactic war series kind of in the vein of uh, star blazers from way back which is still one of my favorites and uh it's good it's good. Uh, you know, the, uh, the character designs are really sharp. The, uh, the art direction is really sharp. I, uh, I like it. I, I think there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of room for this thing to grow. It's really, really cool. And then lastly is Steins Gate. That's Steins with a semicolon between Steins and Gate. Steins Gate. Uh, the movie, Load Region of Deja Vu. The Titles they come up with. This is so strange in English. I'm sure that works better in the original translation. Uh, Steins Gate is a pretty terrific series. And uh, this all takes place in the Steinsgate world, and uh, which is not quite like our world, obviously. it's a, it's all very futuristic and otherworldly. and uh, you know it's it, it has a certain it has a certain very alien vibe to it. And uh, not, I wouldn't say you know, starship troopery, but it is kind of Starship Troopery. anyway, um, really beautifully animated. Just absolutely fantastic artwork and character designs, really, really great. Uh, first rate. That is a Blu-ray and DVD combo pack. And uh, if you are not familiar with Steins Gate, uh, you should be. But this is a good standalone movie. It's a great introduction. You don't have to sort of watch anything else. So Steins Gate, the movie, Load Region of Deja Vu. Um, one of the best mad scientists I've ever seen in uh, anything ever. Really fun. All right, Tim, let's, uh, let's get on to some uh, other stuff.
1: What do we got going on here You
0: first? know what? Let's, let's talk some... Uh, here we go. Hold on. Let's, let's do this, because this is maybe the, the biggest thing this week, and this is what a lot of people are talking about, and I do want to get into some um, 4K talk for a second. So Fantastic Beasts and yeah. Where to Find Them, which won uh, Best Costume over La La Land at the Oscars recently. And, and to it my didn't sadness. even deserve that. Yeah. So Fantastic Beasts is out on uh, 4K Ultra HD. And in order to sort of bolster that, uh, Warner has gone crazy, and they are, <laughs> seriously, they've gone nuts. So they've released the last four Harry Potter films on 4K. How
1: many, how many did Yates uh, do of that series, the, the uh, Harry Potter films?
0: Oh, he did the, what is it, the last... Three. Yeah. I think of, it was the last three. Of
1: that. So he carries over into Fantastic Beasts. Because I like, I like the Yates Harry Potter. I do too.
0: No, he's a good director. He, no. was, a, he was a good find for them. I mean, a perfect fit. So, so anyway, they, so we've released Fantastic Beasts and the last four Harry Potter films, which sort of carry into that. Now, Fantastic Beasts is a prequel. Yeah. So, so it's a little bit weird to me that the, four, the first four Harry Potter films have not yet been released on 4K. It's the last four. Yeah. So if you want to introduce your kids to Harry Potter, you've got to show them Blu-rays for the first four films, then 4Ks for the next ones if you want to do it that way. But anyway, we, we now have 4K for the last half of the Harry Potter saga. So all of this is out. Well, the reason why
1: they had to do that is because you need the Harry Potter films to be a support, in support yes. of Fantastic
0: Beasts and the as most... they roll
1: out, because, frankly, Fantastic Beasts just wasn't very
0: you know what? That, and, and let's talk about that for a second. It. Why is it? What? What was it missing that the Harry Potter films had? Because look, I, I remember that when that first Harry Potter film, that Chris Columbus film, is just a boring mess. Mm-hmm. It's just terrible. And eventually, it got less Chris Columbusy and more Britishy as they kind of moved on. They started getting English directors.
1: Well, who's the second one? Uh, Cuarón. Quarone was the second yeah, one. It's the yeah. one. Yeah, the and, Yeah, and so very, very
0: good. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, you know it, it eventually kind of found its sea legs. I yeah. still think Prisoner of Azkaban is the best one. But you but...
1: know what I think it really is with respect to the Harry Potter uh, um, uh, films is that they follow the books in chronological order. Yeah, and the books get better as as they go. Yeah, she becomes a better writer. That's interesting. As it's they a good go. point. It all deepens and darkens as they go. That happens in the actual narrative of the book, so, so it shows up in the movies, and then, you know, like I said, like you said, with the directors and whatnot, and there it is. It is nevertheless strange to me, though, that Fantastic Beasts feels more like that first Harry Potter film. It does, doesn't it? it? it it's more childish, and it wants to be kinder, and, and gentler, and, and gentler, and all yeah. of that. And I'm like, but you know what? You've already, you, look, we've killed four or five kids. I know we technically <laughs> haven't yet. You know,
0: because... This, but you've already ruined my innocence. Yeah, so, can't you, be know, a child. you Yeah, you can't do that. So, uh, from year five, we've got Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, uh, year six, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and then Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, parts one and two, uh, year seven, and then Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That's how all this shakes out. Uh, piled sky high with extras in every single case. Uh, extras primarily on the Blu-ray here, not on the, uh, on the 4K. Uh, there's just not enough room on 4K discs for all these extras now. That's one of the, 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 the shortcomings of 4K. Is it you know you're you're pretty much limited to the movie and only the movie, but um, there's some really good stuff on uh, Fantastic Beasts. I gotta say uh, the extras that are on the Harry Potter films you you by and large you've seen all of them already, uh, but there's this um, there's some really really interesting uh, featurette stuff on Fantastic Beasts is actually more interesting than the movie itself. Uh, I, I, here's my question for you, Tim. Mm. Uh, do you think that Fantastic Beasts in terms of its backstory adds anything? Going back to watch the Harry Potter movies, do you do, if you assume that backstory of of Newt's, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and
1: all of that and does go, that go, do does that through. do
0: anything? Does it make those films more interesting or not really? Not really. No, you, you, the thing
1: that I liked about Fantastic Beasts is that it was set in New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in I guess quasi turn of the when it was what, what yeah. was it turn of the century or something like yeah. That? Uh, and that was, that was an interesting twist, but they didn't do a whole lot with it. Um, so, but no, no, look, I, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to throw in and say, yeah, no, all of these together, but no, you don't ever need to see Fantastic no. Beasts. No, Not ever.
0: Uh, so, um, now let's talk about Assassin's Creed. Now, uh, Mark and I covered the, uh, the, the Blu-ray of this. They went and sent us a, uh, 4K on this. Uh, first of all, let me just say, the 4K on all the Harry Potter stuff, primo. Warner yeah. Brothers, totally kills it. It's all reference standard stuff, really really outstanding. There's not a, not a bad transfer anywhere in there. So Warner is really raising the bar on, on 4K at this point. I don't think anybody else is, uh, is in Warner's uh, uh, ballpark, not even close. Fox and Universal are trying to. Universal doesn't send us any 4K stuff yet because they're you know pulling their punches. Fox does, but I gotta say, uh, Warner's head and shoulders above Fox in the 4K department. Much better crew. Oh, do you have
1: know, two discs here? Uh, were you a, were you a gamer of this one? Uh, no,
0: I, we we hated the movie, but but uh, didn't, the fo- didn't care for the movie yeah. either. L-
1: like Liked the Irons' performance. Yeah, you know, he, you yeah. know Assassin's he has, Creed. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see these sort of exceptional actors, Fassbender, uh, Cotillard, Jeremy Irons, in this particular case, sort of roaming through these sort of big, crazy movies. Yeah. With that come out of the gaming world, or you know, whatever. Sometimes the graphic novel world, and and see what they do with this material. Generally speaking, you know, it, it, it can be good sometimes. Uh, Jeremy Irons is doing that thing that I like when he's simply playing it like Shakespeare. As far as he's concerned, he's not in some big goofy movie about assassins. and uh, He's just doing he's just doing some wacky Shakespeare <laughs> that they just found and unearthed, and he just sort of plays it like that. You know, other than that, I don't know, uh, not so much. But it's, a, it's an okay film. Lots of stuff on there to do this set.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good-looking 4K. It's just not a good movie. Yeah. All right, one more 4K this week They have re- because The Smurfs 2 is coming out soon. <laughs> I know. Honestly, what are they thinking? So we now have the Smurfs in 4K Ultra HD. Uh I don't even know where to go with this. Bluer uh, than ever. I don't I just don't even know why this exists in the world. You know when I stopped watching Saturday morning television? Uh uh-huh. when I got when I realized I was too old to watch Smurfs. That that was it seriously. I I remember the first, the whatever year it was that the Smurfs came on, mm-hmm. that was the year I stopped watching Saturday morning television because I thought to myself, you know, if Electra Woman and Dinah Girl were still on, I, I, I'd be totally into that because I, I kind of think Dinah Girl is hot. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I don't know. I've told Mark, we talked about this in the show. Did you, did I ever tell you that Dinah Girl's husband was once my chiropractor? <laughs> no. I never told you that? Okay. No. Yeah. Well, I'll tell the story <laughs> again. I t- Mark knows the story. The listeners know the story. Um, years ago, I, had no, I was in an accident. Christy and I were both in an accident. Uh, got you know rear-ended by a guy remember, in a truck. Yeah, I remember that. Well, there's been a few of them, but this was a guy in a truck rear-ended as we're turning into the you know a parking lot. Anyway, it was a horrible thing. Really got some back was just messed up, and uh so I went to this chiropractor, and um he started uh, you know I was yeah I'm a film critic. Oh my wife's an actress. Oh that's right. Who's isn't right? You know this is L.A. Yeah. Oh that's fabulous. What commercial did she do ten years ago? You, you just get very cynical. And he goes, "Yeah, you know, she was on a she was on a TV show once." I was like, "Oh really? Which one?" He goes, "Electro Woman and Dyna Girl." M- my pubescent ears perked up. I was like, "Really?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, yeah, she pl- you ever heard of the show." I was like, "Yeah, I heard of the show." He goes, "Well, she played Dyna Girl." I'm like, "Wait a minute. Hold on. Stop the presses. Is... My chiropractor is married to Dyna. You scored Dyna Girl? You? My my kind of my like very ordinary guy. How did you score and he whips out his wedding photo. <laughs> and there's my chiropractor in a bad white suit standing next to Dinah Girl in a wedding dress. It was fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. So Dinah Girl's, it. Car, Dinah Girl's husband with my chiropractor.
1: I quit watching Saturday morning animation when most of it stopped yeah. being live action. Because when you're yeah. to look at most Saturday morning it was live action of one yeah. sort or another. You know, yeah. Maybe Muppets or something like that, but live action-ish. Yeah. And then by the... Late '70s, it was all
0: well. Smurfs is what did me in. So anyway, we got 4K Smurfs. I really don't know the point to this. It, it it does it look good? Yeah, it's it's meticulous animation. I mean, I'll give them that. It's really really great animation. But I I just don't I don't get it. Uh, you know, you got uh, you got a Blu-ray on, with the movie and special features, and then a 4K disc with the movie only. Uh, this is from Sony, um, and it's just uh, you know they for example. You know what they call the bloopers on this thing? They have, they have an outtake reel. They are blooper, B-L-U-E. Oh, no, 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 no. oh gosh, stop it. The whole thing. It's just really insufferable. All right, well, anyway. Um, oh, Rogue was, One. Oh, yeah. Uh, Taking a look
1: at Rogue One here, a Blu-ray DVD. Look, uh, first of all, Rogue One, uh, prequel. I didn't think it was the worst movie in the world, but frankly, again, I've seen this movie already. <laughs> I saw it in 1977 when you called it Star Wars. I saw it again. Anyway, it's, 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 it's perfectly fine. Um, sort of sets everything up nicely. This looks fantastic. It's a, it is. You've got to be a fan, though. Look, if you're not a fan of this stuff, yeah. then you don't really have any reason to go here whatsoever. It walks you right up to the spot where you think it walks yeah. you up to. If I, if it has one thing uh, going for it. It's Felicity. I think she's just absolutely She's fantastic. She's, she's great. fantastic. Yeah. And I do love the whole sort of girl power thing these last two movies have done. Yep. Uh, if you're going to do something with this uh, series of movies, uh... then at least do that you know they were very very boy oriented things from the middle seventies until you know whatever however long george uh... you know barbara Jinx and all that kind of stuff now they're these sort of girl oriented things that's the thing that i appreciate about the little reboots of these star wars things it's not so much the stories they are whatever they are but it's not the most fantastic stuff in the world this has um... Uh, what does it have on it? Oh, it has a, all kinds of stuff on it. Uh, so I mean, more more stuff than you can begin to mention for the Blu-ray in terms of special features. Did, so lots of stuff to play with, other than just a movie.
0: So here, here's the thing. Uh, my little thumbnail on this. I I thought the movie was was better in the beginning than it was later on. I thought it gets a little sloppy. The final action scene where they're on, you know, like, like planet uh, Tahiti or whatever it was with the palm trees and the water. I don't know. I didn't really I didn't it didn't respond to that. I'm not fond of the whole CGI, let's recreate people who are dead for yeah, 30 Carrie years. Either, yeah, Carrie there, and, yeah. Carrie and, uh, and Peter Cushing. The yeah. Peter, You know, it looked like sort of, it was creepy to me. It's like somebody went into Madame Tussauds' wax museum and somehow like zombie animated Peter Cushing's wax figure and put that in the movie. Yeah. Didn't feel right. A, a younger and better looking sort of like Peter Cushing. Yeah. Peter Cushing ever
1: looked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he never, he, he never looked like that. And you're right. I wonder if it would freak me out more if I couldn't tell though. You know, yeah. that sort of – what do they call it? The valley of – Yeah. But, but being able to tell that they've messed with it.
0: Yeah. Somehow, you know, yeah. I don't know, whatever. But well, I do know. So, so, okay, Tim, go ahead and open the gift. Oh, oh what do we have here? We – we, they sent us something and it's it's wrapped like a gift. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make Christmas like paper. Pff, Christmas paper. Christmas uh, paper. Oh it's, what it says Merry
1: effing Christmas on the paper. <laughs> what, oh what is <laughs> it? And oh look at that the office Christmas party. Unrated. Unrated. How much more filthy could it be? It was pretty blue.
0: <laughs> to begin with, I know they use all of the. the, the it's got all kinds life. of additional footage that I guess would have made it NC-17. I don't think so. I
1: tell you this 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 movie took it one notch further than I ever needed to go. Yeah, yeah. The, I, that, that first office party movie was kind of funny, though.
0: So, so do you do you get the feeling that all they're trying to do here is just outdo uh, 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 ba- uh the, 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 bad Santa? The, the, the,
1: the, well, I was gonna say those Vegas movies. Oh yeah, uh, is what they're trying to right. outdo. but you're right. You know, yeah. yeah. You put them in, put them all in a in a certain like little basket of deplorable. So, so anyway,
0: yeah, right. Yes, Jennifer Aniston, and Jason Bateman are the uh, are the comedy anchors for uh, Christmas office party, which. Works blue, and uh, I, you know... Kate McKinnon has a little bit of fun in the movie. What you yeah, uh, anyway. anyway. So they, they the tried... Little, the little wrapping there with the, with the... That's the thing that's funny. They tried to sucker us by uh, putting it in cute wrapping paper and hope that we don't say anything bad about it. Anyway. It's a cute, it's a cute idea, the, the, the wrapping paper. It's yeah. cute. Yeah. But, he, but somebody had to actually do that manually. I don't really understand. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> anyway. Where are we
1: going? Uh, oh, I must tell you, Patterson... This Jim Jarmusch film uh, starring Adam Driver, which to me was Adam Driver's better performance last year. He got talked about a lot for his work in Silence, which is fine. But i got to tell you, I was so surprised that this wasn't a movie that we weren't, were talking about more during that Oscar. Run.
0: Bob Kohler, this was like <coughs> his favorite film of the year. He loved this movie. I, I truly loved the movie, too. It wasn't my favorite
1: film of the year, but it's an outstanding film. It's a very much a Jim Jarmusch film, very small. That's minimalist. the thing.
0: Jarmusch movies never get Oscar nominations yeah. because people don't really know what to make of them. We
1: see our, I, I see our colleague Justin Chang uh, is uh, referencing yeah. back here. He called it magical.
0: He's quite right. It's a beautiful
1: movie uh, about a guy named Patterson who lives in a, a little city called Patterson. Patterson, where he is a bus driver, only what he mm-hmm. actually is is a poet, observing the world around
0: him uh,
1: and writing these beautiful little poems. And, al- and almost like haikus. The, the
0: wonderful Iranian actress uh, Golshifteh Farhani plays his girlfriend, which made me so happy because she's such an amazing actress and. Uh, gets you know she's not really welcome in Iran anymore yeah. uh, she's based out of Paris but she she's such a great actress and I hope she gets good more really really good american parts very very funny in this movie anyway
1: Wonderful. if uh, in that in that Oscar run or, or awards season last year uh, this movie should have been there so if you didn't if you didn't see it then go check it out now not a whole lot on this blu-ray uh, ultraviolet uh, you know ultraviolet. if you want to add it to
0: your ultraviolet library yeah but
1: you know it would would have been nice I don't know, a commentary track? A little yeah, something. nothing? Jarmish is yeah. not going he? nah, to no, do that. he's not going to do that.
0: Not unless he could, you know, resurrect... Uh...
1: Ghost Dog. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Something like that. So, okay, uh, one of the worst films I think I've probably ever seen is Why Him? Oh, um, man. I just, I can't, I just, I can't. Okay, so... Th- the the premise here uh, this and I, I almost wanted to go overboard on the way that I reviewed this at the time on the radio but the I didn't so why him basically is a premise that we have seen a thousand times and it's 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 a premise that grows out of the 1960s which is the very conservative greatest generation dad whose precious baby girl brings home a boyfriend who is boom fill in the blank yeah fill in the blank a hippie another race a foreigner sometimes uh, they play it for Nick. comedy uh, sometimes they Nick. play it for drama
1: but yeah. it's the same
0: it's all the same and it starts with guess who's coming to dinner yeah and it continues with all in the family on television and uh, it goes right on up into into you know more recent stuff like meet the parents uh it, it we we've seen it a million times and uh, this is that movie except it just isn't funny anymore. Yeah. Brian Cranston is the dad. Um, James Franco is the is the prospective son-in-law. Who is this weird character that doesn't exist anywhere? He's this completely lovable, guileless man-child who is an incredibly brilliant and super rich app me- yeah. programmer yeah. No, yeah. who's covered with tattoos. Where does this person come from? He doesn't. He, that it, person does not exist. Do so it's ridiculous. Look, John Hamburg
1: made he made he made a, he made I Love You, Man, which is you know what, yeah. But he made A Long Came Polly, which is which is I'm sorry, an underrated little Jennifer Aniston, Ben Stiller
0: thing. I agree uh,
1: uh, with um, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. You and I, was,
0: we saw that. We right saw that day. together. There, are, I have to tell everybody. There, are, there are two moments in movies, and they're both sports-related, and Tim's re- recreating them now. Oh, there are two moments, two moments in movies where I've been at a screening with Tim where I thought I was going to have to give him CPR because oh. he was laughing so hard. He could not control himself. Oh, I had to leave the room The the first one, The first one was the muse <laughs> oh my where Albert Brooks and Jeff Bridges are, are playing tennis, and Jeff Bridges cannot, to save his soul, <laughs> hit the tennis ball over the net. And it's all off screen. It's You're just watching screen. Albert Brooks waiting to return serve, and all you hear is Jeff Bridges just talking. And you hear, "Ting," it hits the net. It hits the net every, time. The net
1: every single time. <laughs> but it goes on, and he, he just puts it into the net like 40 times in a row. And he looks at his racket. He looks at it. it's just so funny. It I doesn't I what work. this one is the basketball scene? The basketball scene with, with Phil Seymour Hoffman,
0: oh my who cannot. It's similarly inept who is acting as if he is the, the NBA number one draft raining and everything he throws at the backboard
1: It's, it's like just, he's throwing baseball balls.
0: <laughs> He's just hitting the backboard at full speed. So he
1: can't hit it. It's just horrible. Yeah. He's just dreadful. Sometimes little gems. Just anyway, John,
0: so yeah, John Hamburg directed that and and, and he has chops, but uh, Why yeah. Him is not the movie he should be doing. Well, as it's like,
1: you know, Meet the Parents. I mean, that's his, but you know, it's, he, he gets it right and then it just sort of goes yeah. away. You
0: know. uh, oh, and by the way, yeah, Ben Stiller is a is a producer on why him as well so i mean that that pedigree is still there uh we don't belong here is an interesting little movie that is noteworthy uh primarily because it was one of anton yelchin's last films if not his very last film I, I I'm not sure which, if it was this or the well, Star that, Trek Star movie. Trek, yeah. I don't know which one was actually shot first or, or second or whatever. But uh, but this is a this is a really uh, a sweet independent that is otherwise uh, would otherwise not be quite as melancholy as it is. Uh, but it's you know it's uh, about a dysfunctional family. Uh, Anton Yelchin's a kid. Kathryn Keener's his mom. Uh, you know he's got three sisters and they are. Um, they, they're trying to kind of re- do what families in independent films always do, trying to reconcile themselves to uh, you know the, the, all of the issues that beleaguer this family. And uh, some really good supporting performances here, uh, especially by Molly Shannon and Maya Rudolph, former SNL uh, actresses, who, who show up here and do really, really good work as well. Carrie Elwies is another one. Um, I think this is a sharp little movie. It uh, kind of disappeared, but we don't belong here. It's on DVD from Sony. If you can find it, I definitely recommend you at least give it a rental.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Youth in Oregon, um, which has a really fantastic cast.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, here, uh, anchored by Franklin jello mm-hmm. uh, directed by Joel David Moore, who people will know. He's an actor. He was an Avatar. You know, Tall, skinny yeah. guy. You know, you know, yeah. Yeah. Interesting guy. For, for whatever reason, this movie with uh, Billy Crudup and Mary Kay Place and Josh Lucas and Christina Lapagade and I like yep. said Frank Langella does not work. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and they're all working really hard at it. it, yeah. it is, it's always just a little vexing to me when that happens. Yeah. Uh, it's about this, uh, this guy uh, who has to drive his father in law cross country to Oregon, Frank Langella. Yeah. Uh, because that's because you can get yourself euthanized in Oregon. Right. And and right there you already know that the movie is about you know getting Frank a reason not to get himself euthanized yeah. in, in Oregon. That's yeah. what the movie's gonna be about. If you kill Frank in Oregon, then it's a really yeah. fucked up movie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you can't kill Frank in Oregon, which right. means that the only thing that can happen in this trip is all kinds of yeah. little cute, quirky crap, you know. Yeah. To bring him around. And it does and, and no, dude, no. <laughs> because I can tell you that that's why you don't do it. Yeah, but Joel David didn't know that anyway um, uh, uh, DVD uh, here and uh, not much else on it. I, if you're
0: a big fan of those people what the heck All right, uh, Tim, uh, we got the we got three LGBT titles. We've got classic movies. What do we hit first? Let, uh, let's do those. L-
1: let's 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 jump over
0: here. Well, one of these a little lust
1: <clears throat> a little lust uh, it's Veronica Peretti's first film. It's, not, it's, it's kind of LGBT, but it's really, it, and it is about homophobia, but it's also about bullying. Uh, it's about a little boy, a 16-year-old boy uh, who is, you know, trying to do what all 16-year-old boys are trying to do, get laid. He's trying to get laid <laughs> by this other really cute boy. Uh, uh, but more importantly, he's, he's, he, he is a witness to and, and engaged in uh, this sort of bullying dynamic that going on in school. And that's the, more, that's the more interesting thing about this movie is the, bull, the bullying thing. A lot of times we, we think that that's only relevant within you know, whatever culture it is that we're in. Uh, but it's a thing no matter what's going on. You yeah. know, the, you yeah. know, <laughs> the gay kids sure. are, are bullying the crap out of each other too. And it's sort of interesting. Italian with English uh, subtitles, uh, TLA releasing. Uh, not a whole lot else on it, but it is incredibly, uh, not incredibly, but it's fairly, I will call it fairly funny. Uh, then we have a uh, Fair it's about a young man who comes back to his family uh, farm after having been gone for a very, very uh, long uh, for a long time. Uh, he went to one of those sort of um, gay conversion therapy farm oh, kind of things, which is all in the news now. It's all like a, you know, it's, it's it's a thing that people are talking about. Uh, interesting again, Tom Wopat in the film, uh, sort of playing the father, Bruce Greenwood. Tom Wopat, huh? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Tom, him for a while. Love me some Tom Wopat. Uh, Josh Green, Gregory Harrison, also in the film. It, you know, it's an interesting subject. This is a little, um, a little on the nose for me. It has no gray areas in it, uh, so you know that's a, that's a little tough for me. Director's commentary and some behind the scenes stuff, deleted scenes, cast interviews, uh, and Tom Wolpat, who also is quite a pretty good sort of country singer. Uh, oh well,
0: that's a great singer. Yeah, a guitar yeah.
1: playing, singer Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you know. I like that. Um, uh, does a song uh, uh, for the film, and that song is also on the DVD here. Um, Fair Haven, pretty neat, uh, right there. And then, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I've got one more here uh, called Bromance. And Bromance, well, this one is a little bit more. This is the gayest of the gay films we have here. Oh. It's, it's, it's extremely gay. Which is, which is uh, only my way of saying, uh, uh, of saying that these sort of um, physical relationships are at the forefront of this movie, uh, which is, is actually something that I sort of like sometimes when I, when, I, when I see these films. I like it sometimes when the films are not about any anguish whatsoever ever that's related to uh, being gay. Uh, the, nobody's well, they don't overplay about, it they don't overplay it nobody's yeah. coming out everybody's already out everybody's Broke, <laughs> Brokeback,
0: Brokeback Mountain kind of could fall into that a little bit to I a think. certain to, to a certain extent, extent yeah. to, a, to
1: a certain extent and that's where this one is this is you know it's it's sexy it's funny it's romantic but you know these are just gay guys hanging around being gay the way gay guys are gay Yeah. and and it's funny when it's funny and you know a little bit of drama and all that kind of stuff but that's all that's all it really is neat uh, again TLA uh, by Lucas Sant, uh, Lucas Santana Anna very
0: interesting uh, so before we get to the classic movies I got some uh, kid vid here haven't done kid vid in a while so I can, I can go through this pretty quickly uh, people who have kids as I do uh, here are some things to be recommended not recommended got a new version of Heidi out uh, with Bruno Gans of all people Is Shirley Temple no this is brand new Brand new, brand really? new Heidi This is a brand new Heidi I missed uh, I've seen probably 17 or 18 different uh, variations on this tale I grew up with it My mother of course was German So I know this story inside out, upside down um, and it's been done, you know, uh, never great. And this one's still not great, but it's okay. It's better than, better than most. And Bruno Gantz is terrific. I mean, Bruno Gantz, of course, played Hitler yeah. most famously and also played an angel in Wings of Desire. He's a yeah, great that, actor, fantastic Swiss actor. Actually, that grandfather was kind of an ass... At the he, of the is, movie. he really yeah, is so that's appropriate uh, but this catch. is a you know this is a, this is not bad this is a, a, a studio canal made this and uh, it's it's in german with english subtitles um, uh, but you also have an english language track so i mean it's uh it, it's 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 good uh, it's good uh, it's from film movement <laughs> we also have a new peppa pig uh, nine more peppa which are all just great. My daughter doesn't really love Peppa Pig as much as she used to. She's much more into uh, Disney Princesses now, which we call Warriors because my wife insists on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some there's some fun episodes here, and it's still really sweet. And I keep hoping, you know. But odds are, I'm probably going to watch most of the Peppa now. And uh, Elmo and Cookie Monster, super sized fun. Uh, this is Sesame Street. Three hours of just uh, uh, various episodes and uh, and and bits and and things. With Elmo and Cookie Monster. There's really no consistent theme to it. It's just... uh, Let me put it this way. The only one here that I really, really love is Elmozilla, which is terrifying. When Elmo is the size of Big Bird, I don't... (laughs) I'm I'm not so cute anymore. I'm a dad. I I want Elmo to be small enough for me to step on. I don't want him to be small enough, big enough to step on me. He's too dumb Mm. to be that big. Yeah. Uh, 32 Peanuts shorts in Snoopy Tales. These are brand new Snoopy shorts. Uh, which I don't think are particularly great. I, it's fine. If you have to be a, a Peanuts completist, it misses a little bit of the charm that it originally had. Uh, but Snoopy is always good for a laugh. Uh, I'm I'm glad these aren't, l- you know, longer. But anyway, it's the first time it's ever been on DVD. They even put a sticker on there to remind you of it. Uh, the Swan Princess, Royally Undercover. This is fine. Um, this is not really, you know, the original Swan Princess movie was an attempt by uh, an animation company to, uh, uh, former Disney animators back in 93, I think it was, to create a new animation powerhouse. And it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. I was at the Cannes Film Festival the year they launched that thing, and they threw a banquet for the press uh, that was not to be believed. I mean, they spent a huge amount of money, rented out a castle. It was, it was an amazing Disney-like experience uh, launching that movie, and they just didn't have any money left to make anything else good. The movie was not particularly great. Um, it was directed by Richard Rich, you know, one of the former Disney animators. And, uh, but they have been able to, to sort of uh, perpetuate this. Uh, the company is Nest Entertainment. So here we are 25 years later, and Nest is still riding on the Swan Princess. They're still working it. And this time in collaboration with Sony, who releases all these things, this is all CGI animated now. It kind of looks like Sophia the First on the Disney Channel, and uh, it's perfectly fine. But there's nothing mythical about it. This Does is really the story stay the same. Not at all. This is all new stuff. Oh, okay. This is all new stuff. Very modern. It's called, It's in that Sophia the First vein. Uh, Kate and Mim Mim, musical Mimilu. Uh, I still think M- uh, Mim Mim is a creepy purple rabbit that doesn't really look like a rabbit. looks more like an alien. But there's three episodes on here for people who like that show. Monster High consistently sets a very high bar, H-I-G-H, that's a pun, uh, for uh, Blu-ray animated stuff. And this Blu-ray DVD combo set with uh, ultraviolet is, uh, is keeping in that vein electrified. It's the same as uh, all the other ones. It continues to be very sharp, some good writing, very good animation. Uh, Space Pop, Princess Power, uh, animated princesses in this uh, rather otherwise very, very mediocre. Kind of uh, female spin off that m- fuses Josie and the Pussycats with Power Rangers and is not as interesting as either of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Power Rangers, which is in theaters now, yeah. uh, and uh, people are not liking very much, are they? No. Too no. violent.
1: Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> noisy movie, you yeah. know, it
0: just moves around way too much. Yeah. Is that thing, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Dino Supercharge Extinction, Volume 2, 10 episodes, more the same. This, uh, this, comp- this uh, marriage between the world uh, wrestling entertainment and... Uh, Donald Trump? Uh, no. No. A- and uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers animation <laughs> is very weird. Hanna-Barbera keeps getting... We get like Scooby-Doo and wrestlers teaming up. So it's like up. Jetsons? This is the Jetsons versus the WWE and Robo-WrestleMania original movie. It's very strange. Uh, the WWE, if that's still in existence in like 350 years mm-hmm. when we're zipping around and... and uh, it's just very odd. Uh, but it's an alliance that apparently has been paying dividends because wrestling fans love them some animation.
1: Yeah, but the I Jetsons?
0: Guess. I, you know, Scooby-Doo? Okay. I, you yeah, know, I don't get it. I'm Flintstones? I'm going stay out of it. I'm staying out of it. Uh, from Paw Patrol, Nickelodeon, Pups Save the Bunnies. This is really for little kids. Even my daughter looks at this and says, yo, you think I'm a baby? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and also from Nickelodeon, but skewing much older, are uh, Tales of the Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Super Shredder. Uh, This is a little bit on the scary end. I was surprised at how kind of violent and graphic this was. Uh, There are uh, uh, like 10 episodes here, 11 episodes, and uh, it's great animation, surprisingly good, but they're really kind of pushing the envelope with that. And then lastly, a quartet of uh, PBS uh, kids' shows, Pandemonium from the Wild Kratts, uh odd squad the movie live action don't like odd squad very much it's kind of pretentious kids uh from uh, daniel tiger's neighborhood daniel visits the farm that scores even younger my mm-hmm. daughter won't even talk to me anymore if i make her watch that <laughs> and uh dinosaur train what's at the center of the earth which is a lot of fun dinosaur train which is a, a collaboration with the uh, henson is really a very fun show dinosaurs you know learn you learn about dinosaurs it's very educational mm-hmm. and, the, and the characterizations are fun really enjoy that show all right, Tim, let's talk about classic, uh, classic movies. What do we got? Uh,
1: let's see. What do you want to start? with? they want to start at September Storm? Yeah, let's do that. So, uh, September Storm, Byron Haskin film. So, anyway, this is, this is about this guy. I remember this movie. This is from, like, 1960 or something like that. Yeah. This is a movie about this guy, black and white film, um, who uh, working on this yacht. Uh, and and uh, he has this big, beautiful yacht, only he's not his yacht, he's working for this other guy. He has these two buddies, and, his, and he lets his buddies talk him into going out to find this suction, sucking treasure using his boss's yacht, uh, which is already a very clever sort of, sort of story dynamic. You know, that's got to go all wrong for a whole bunch of different reasons. and But it's sort of neat in that way. Anyway, um, uh, it was in 3D way back in the day, I think one of the first iterations of, of 3D, maybe the second iteration of 3D, yep. or a carryover from that sort of mid-50s 3D uh, in, in, in any case. Uh, it's a really, really neat kind of movie. I like it quite a lot. The, the the, there is, in fact, a big, gigantic storm in the movie, and it's kind of dripping. It's a high seas adventure kind of thing that's going on there. Uh, all kinds of special features on this, uh, uh, in, including uh, some theatrical trailers from way back in the day, uh, a black and white spot, uh, uh, an animation, some other 3D shorts, uh, an interview from Tony Solomon, and from director Lewis Gilbert, who I've, I've always been yep. of a Lewis Gilbert fan. Yep. Uh, so pretty
0: neat. That's um, from Kino Classics. Very nice. And then uh, also from Kino, we have uh, Philip Kaufman's The Wanderers. Oh,
1: Ken Wall, dude. Uh, you know? That's my first Ken Wall
0: movie. Yeah. He went on to play uh, the wise guy. The wise think. guy I on television, yeah. And uh, and Philip Kaufman, of course, you know, the right stuff, Invasion, of The Body Snatchers, Unbearable Lightness of Being, I, Henry and June, one of my all-time favorite directors. I mean, just an amazing I mean, talent. Philip
1: Kaufman is the guy that created because of him the NC seventeen because of well, Henry and June.
0: He's also he also created Indiana Jones. People don't realize yeah, that that yeah. was his character. He yeah. was sitting around on vacation with George Lucas at some point, and uh, they just started <laughs> talking about it. And he's the guy that came apparently alleged as the story goes, he's the one that came up with Indiana Jones, which is why he gets the co-story credit on Raiders of the Lost. Stark. But everybody still thinks it's just a Steven Spielberg movie. No, yeah. nope, it was it was Lucas and Kaufman. Uh in any case, uh The Wanderers is a really sharp film. Uh, also has Karen Allen in it, young, very young Karen Allen, and it's just really sharp from 1979. Uh feels much more like an 80s movie. They did a complete 2K restoration on this, and it just looks beautiful. It's absolutely fantastic. It takes place in 1963. Has that whole period vibe to it. It's uh, it's just it's just a really 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 great film. <coughs> and um, that was a Richard
1: that was a Richard Price novel, you know.
0: Yes, it was. Yeah. And this includes not only the two-hour release version, but the uh, theatrical pre the the non-theatrical preview cut, which was six minutes longer. This has that on it as well. And that's kind of a legendary lost film in some quarters because there's some stuff in it which I won't mention, but there's some relevant stuff in it. So uh, serious fans of Kaufman and film history in general will just get such a kick out of this. It is such a perfect period of recreation of an and such a fascinating movie. Uh,
1: a John Wayne classic here, Dakota, um, a, a film that I really, really like because of what it's about. Yep. Uh, this film is set during that period in the late 1870s when the railroad people mm-hmm. and the oil people and the cattle people the land barons were yep. all going at it, yep. Uh, and 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 what was more or less a sort of wild, wild west, you know, crooked this and crooked that, and they're fighting over the town of Fargo. Yeah, you know, uh, who, who who is going to control Fargo? Will it be mm-hmm. the wheat farmers? Will it be these? And, and that stuff is really interesting because there's a lot of history in that stuff. Yeah, and and a lot of the reason, the way, the reasons why our nation looks the way it looks today, has to do with the kind of stuff that's going on in this movie. It's Not to mention this is just a rip-roaring, badass movie. <laughs> uh, um, audio commentary uh, by Western historian Toby Rohn, which I think is an interesting thing that they brought in that Western historian to talk about it. Joseph Kane directs. Uh, 1945, this film. In my mind, this film was older. In my mind, I thought this film was from the mid-30s. Right. But no,
0: 1945. Yep. So there you go. And the uh, the last two from the uh, Kino Classics line, 1972's very underrated ZPG Zero Population Growth, which is uh, Belong. Uh, uh Oliver Reed and Geraldine Chaplin. Geraldine Chaplin, well, yeah. I think it this is uh this fee this is very much in that in that dystopian vein that we were getting at the time, right? The, I mean uh, Soylent Green, Omega Man, Logan's Run. There was a lot of stuff at that in that uh in, in that time that was very much of that vein. And this is in keeping with that. Oliver Reed is creepy as can be in this thing. Uh and Geraldine Chaplin, you know, just a few years after Dr. Zhivago, terrific as well. Um, it, it's, it's much more like a kind of A 70's version of a Brave New World mm. Very 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 cool So this has an audio commentary By historian Steve Rifle And uh, a trailer gallery That's really really a blast from the past Interesting movie, fascinating Really like it a lot, highly recommended
1: uh, And then lastly got one okay. Yeah then
0: lastly we got this You know we're going to have to pop that to next week I think okay. we're going to run out of time here but uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Lifeboat is finally out what? on uh, on a uh, Blu-ray. Hitchcock has his cameo in here on the back of a newspaper. My favorite Toulouba Bay kid. It's office. great. So, uh, but otherwise, this is uh, you know, it's it all takes place on a lifeboat. It's a bit of an experiment, but it's worth checking out. Uh, it's not Hitchcock's best film, but a lot of people really, really love it. Uh, it was right before he made the the big jump to uh, to bigger, more elaborate thrillers. Came on the heels of Rebecca. Very interesting movie. But not a great film. Has a commentary by a film historian and uh, some interesting interviews and uh, another commentary by a film professor named Drew Casper. And that's it. We will see you next week.